Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Wine Talk for tonight, Wednesday, October 1st, 2014. It's 11 p.m. Eastern, and I'm your host, Stu the Wine Guru, coming to you live atop my new studio in Pompano Beach, Florida. As you know, I'll take your calls anytime during the show at 1-646-381-4860 or email me your questions to stewthewineguru at me.com. You can also go into my chat room here on the show page and chat with other wine enthusiasts or tweet me any questions you like to at Stu the Wine Guru on Twitter and I'll read them live on the show. I want to say thanks to all the listeners globally for getting the word out about the show. Welcome to all of you listening worldwide. I call that the power of the people meets the power of the internet. Now if you want to find out more about me, just Google Stu the Wine Guru. You can find the websites, the videos, the magazines, and the TV shows I'm currently a part of. Speaking of articles and reviews, I'm writing wine articles and reviews for Yahoo, Examiner.com, and Simply the Best Magazine. Check out my latest wine article in the September-October issue of Simply the Best, which is a lifestyle magazine available on newsstands, Barnes & Noble, and fine bookstores wherever you are. Of course, the number to call in, one six four six three eight one four eight six zero. If you're shy and you prefer the computer, Email me your questions to stewthewineguru at me.com. Again, Twitter, stewthewineguru on Twitter. Without further ado, as they say, I want to bring on my guest for tonight. His family has been in the wine business for over 30 years now in Sonoma. His dad, Bruce, started in the music business as someone we might know, your host for tonight, me. Um... In the 70s, he was and still is the manager for the iconic rock group, the Doobie Brothers. In 1974, he purchased an old dairy in Glen Ellen, which evolved into Olive Hill Estate Vineyard. And it was so named for the property's grove of 140-year-old French picoline olive trees. A decade after taking ownership of the land and having great success selling grapes to other wineries, Bruce founded B.R. Cone Winery at Olive Hill Estate in 1984. He brought his son, Dan, into the family business. And Dan is here tonight to talk about the great history of the wine, olive oil, and anything else he'd like to talk about. The name of my guest is Dan Cone. Dan, let me bring you on. One moment. You there, Dan? I'm here, Stu. Fantastic. Great to have you on here. I, I want to welcome you to the show. Appreciate you coming on. And um, let me let you know how this goes, Dan. Um, I have people that will email questions in. I've already emailed questions in. Uh, potentially have some tweets. And then we have the open chat room. So in no particular order. Then, of course, I've got my own questions for you. Um, 
let me start off with maybe one of my questions. So why don't you tell my listeners just a little bit about B.R. Cohn if, if they don't know, which I'm, I'm sure that's impossible. Well, Stu, thank you so much for having me. You know, we're one of the few uh, family-owned and operated vineyards and wineries left in uh, Sonoma Valley. Uh, we're 40 years on the estate, 30 years as a winery. The uh, tasting room is the old family home, which uh, all of us kids were uh, born and raised in. So uh, our offices are literally in our old bedrooms above the tasting room. So it's, it's, it's like great. we're never getting out of these rooms. <laughs> It's like, you know, you leave for college, you come back, it's still there. Yeah. It was like, okay, do you guys do anything with my room here? Oh, oh, okay, yeah, you did. Okay, I see you made it offices. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the turn it into the tasting room is the only way to get us all to leave. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, maybe you got the hint. Um, this is something interesting. I mean, I mentioned at the top of the show when I did my intro about you guys. Um, I was in the music business. I went from the music business into the wine business. So I have a, a very uh, a, a great uh, affinity for your company and uh, what your dad's done and, of course, what you've done um, because of that fact. So I, I, this is the first question that comes to mind. I thought about this all when I was putting this all together. What was it like <laughs> when you had bands coming to the, you know, to the house, per se, uh, growing up. I mean, that had, you had to be the most popular kid on the block. Yeah, it was, uh, it was uh, pretty interesting. It sped things up <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, yeah, we've had, uh, just through, we had our big concert here, our 28th annual Fall Music Festival last weekend, right. too. So they were uh, coming in in droves, as always. And, you know, it's a unique story. It's a brand and it's a legacy that really can't be duplicated, you know? No, no. And yeah, there were a ton of them. We were actually telling a story today to a couple of guys when uh, when Doc McGee was managing uh, Bon Jovi and Motley Crue at the same time. And uh, right. they came out for the golf tournament. And, you know, I had my Motley Crue poster on the back of my door and uh, Vince <laughs> Neil and Tommy Lee stayed at the house here. That was, uh, now, how cool is that? Let me, let me put this together, put this for my, my listeners. I mean, you're a kid that, that um, you know, grows up and listens, to, and then all of a sudden, like, the lead singer and, like, the, the lead guys in the band are, are there. <laughs> I yeah, mean, yeah. you know, you don't, no one gets that opportunity in life, you know? <laughs> it was, yeah, when, they, when the helicopter starts circling and they land in the vineyard and you go and pick up their golf clubs on the four-wheeler and ride them up to the house, yeah. It's got to be something out of a movie. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was when you got the Motley Crue poster on the back of your door, you know, it was like, you know, I mean, it was surreal. the of both of them. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It's, it, it sounds completely surreal. And, and for me, being in the music business, for the, the people I've been privileged and lucky enough to meet in my, in my uh, uh, you know, my, my circle, uh, it's, it's a great feeling. Um, and, you know, by the way, I had... Uh, put together a Music Meets Wine series of which I've had some of those people that I've met I was lucky enough to bring on. So it's kind of a great thing to have that combination of both music and, and wine, uh, not only in your life, but you know, as part of what you do. Um, so I, I guess I wanted to, the other question I want to ask is, so what are the, the, uh, the similarities between growing up, you know, growing with grapes, you know, and then growing olives, you know? I mean, what are the similarities and what are the differences, I should really ask? Well, you know, Stu, I think a lot of the similarities 
is, you know, the nostalgia that you get, you know, it's almost like what makes a hit record, right? Mm -hmm. It's something that no matter what language you speak, no matter what country you're from, they can relate to that song in a certain way. And Absolutely. I think it's the same way with wine. You know, wine can be conceived as it's so broad and there's so much to know and there's so much to learn. But, you know, when you really get down to the core of it, you know what you like, you know, and that's the most true. important thing. And music brings people together. Wine brings people together. Food brings people together. And so with BR Cone, you have sort of that lifestyle brand, that 360 experience. You've got music, food, and wine. Excellent explanation. True. And, um, you know, uh, I, the, the interesting thing I find about it is like, I've always said, if you have a bottle of wine and you're, you're with people that don't speak your language, you've got a conversation basically. You really don't have to say much. You just have to pour it into the glass and just your emotions and your, your the sounds you make in, in drinking it and the appreciation of it basically says everything it needs to say. Um, did you play an instrument growing up just out of curiosity? No, you know, uh, I uh, I played a little uh, a little guitar. Pat Simmons from the Doobie Brothers gave me a uh, a guitar for my uh, for my uh, bar mitzvah. Actually, <laughs> we all uh, we all kind of uh, uh, you know we we really kind of grew up on the uh, business side, you know, and the music right. side. My 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 grandfather used to sing uh, Italian arias, you know, under a stage name of Roberto Canati. You know, and mm-hmm. that was in Chicago, and and so there's just a a real family history when it comes to music. That's fantastic. Olive oil. Um. So I, we covered as far as the music acts that you saw coming through the house growing up. Uh, so if you were not working in the wine business, what would you be doing, Dan? I don't know. Probably driving a taxi. That's the only other thing I'm qualified for. <laughs> <laughs> really? I mean, like, did you ever? Th- I mean, obviously, never thought about it. But maybe if you did, I mean, was there ever a thought like, hmm, you know, Dad, I was thinking. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know. This, this was the family businesses, or this is kind of what you were really brought up and and born to do. You know, walk mm-hmm. in the vineyard with my father in the early days. You know, him showing me how to prune the. You know, the olive trees, that 140-year-old olive grove that you spoke of, you know, we were, we were tracking the olives in on the, on the carpet, and my mother's like, you're going to buy me new carpets every year. So we're like, we got to do something <laughs> with these olives, you know. So we right. tried pickling them, and, you know, it was very labor-intensive. So we took them down to Modesto and, and had them pressed, and, and the Shabika family down there called, and they said, we got to tell you something. This is the best olive oil we ever tasted and it was the lowest acidic olive oil they ever tested so we you know bottled it in the tool shed and delivered it in the trunk of our cars before, you know to places that were selling our wine so right you know growing up it was kind of like that you know hey you know we, you know my father wanted to be a veterinarian you know hey i wanted to be a fireman you know right so, uh but uh you know he was he was managing the doobie since he was 22 years old and uh, and listen to the music hit, so boom, and now, you know, you go with what you Here know. Here we are that many years later. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do have some emails. 
So I just want to get get to some of these uh, from all over the place. So well, the first one is from um, Maya Acton, 65, of Kenosha, Wisconsin, and it says, Hi, Stu. I'm a long-time listener to your show. I would like to ask Dan, what goes into the decision-making of label design and marketing direction? Thanks, and I love Bjorkone wine. Well, first I want to thank Maya Acton, 65, of Kenosha, Wisconsin, for sending in your email. And Dan, you want to take that one? Yeah, so do I. Wow, that's a that's a great question. And you know, the one of my uh old marketing mentors used to used to say that uh fifteen percent of it is the package. Okay, that's the right. the wine in the bottle, the label, the the foil, and the other eighty five percent is the air around it. <laughs> so so <laughs> that was the old but it's actually a good question and actually a timely question because we just went through after our basically our first label change and enhancement across the entire product line. And right. the new silver label Cabernet just uh, received the best new package design in uh, California. So now, this, for the two, was, this is 2012? Yeah, 2012 Silver Label Cab. And nice. Yeah, it was a big a big hit, and it took me about nine months to develop that package. And it was very painstaking, but, you know, you'd never really want to get away from your, your core equities, you know, the name, the right. olive branch. Not too many people put an olive branch on a wine bottle, you know. Right. But it works, and it works, and that's what uh, – is uh really carries the brand forward so that when you do make those minor tweaks or those updated packages that you never really get away from your core equities and it's it's quite the process well maya i have to tell you uh great question because <laughs> look how timely that was um next is from damien sabruti of rome italy it says buonasera stu please ask mr cohen if his family ever thought of making and offering any Italian varietals. Well, first I want to thank Damien, of course, from Rome. Thanks for listening and sending your, your email. And um, I want to send it to you as well. And Dan? Absolutely. And we actually do currently produce two. We do a uh, Barbera and a Primitivo. We make uh, only about 600 cases of each item and they are sold exclusively through our tasting room at the winery. Aha, see? All right, so, Damien, you have to make a trip specifically right. to Sonoma. you got to <laughs> get there because <laughs> that's the only way you're going to get to drink your Italian wines. <laughs> I, 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 like, I like you said that, though. I just had the, my Italian glass supplier in here this afternoon, and he had to pick up a <laughs> bottle of raspberry champagne vinegar for his buddy in Italy who was familiar with the product. Boy, I tell you, I don't know. Somebody here is uh, is is got some sort of uh, ability here, like sixth right. sense. They're coming at uh, the right time. Yeah, really. So the next one is coming from let's see, Solana Graham one oh nine two of Freeport, Bahama. Okay, mm -hmm. and it says, "Hi Stu, we're just getting into wine here in the Bahamas, and want to know if Dan recommends a particular white wine of his that goes well with seafood." Love your guests you have. Well, thank you. Appreciate you. Love our guests, Solana and uh, Dan. Absolutely. I, I, that's also near and dear to my heart. You know, I got married in the Bahamas. So 
and, 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 and I'm getting every cylinder. And, and I've been and, and I've been to Freeport. So the uh, the best thing I can recommend on the on the would be our single vineyard Carnero San Giacomo Chardonnay. Uh, you know, Steve San Giacomo and I went to school together, so I get 60 tons from him. Only make about 1,400 cases. But this to be paired with seafood, because you know how a lot of the Chardonnays are. You know, we really are dude non-evasive. A lot of Chardonnays, you can get to that, you know, the butter-soaked two-by-four. Ours is a really nice balance of the crisp apple, the vanilla, the clean finish with just enough of that mallow for the mouthfeel. Absolutely. And that's what it's all about. You know, the bottom line is, you know, I always say to people, if you pair up the right wine, let's just say we'll go with a shard with, let's say, seafood. Uh, I'll pick lobster for argument's sake. And you get it right. It's like the first time you ever had peanut butter and jelly. You absolutely knew it was right. It tasted good. You'll do it again. You know, it's just that combination, that marriage that's, uh, you know, that's undeniable. And it's so easy. People think it's difficult, but it's very easy because wine and food are subjective. So it's all your palate. It's like that saying, what's the best wine you ever had? The one in my glass. You know, I like that. I like that. So, so, I mean, it really is apropos in the sense, and that's, that's the good thing. You know, you, it, 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 I, I told people a million times, you know, if you like (laughs) shard with a steak, cool, you know, no one should be telling you, Oh, you know, you're supposed to do red wine with that. No, because if your palate tells you it tastes good, that's it. (laughs) End of report, you know? So, Good. Excellent. So we've got something there. Um, I've got some people in the chat room. I'm just letting them know, uh, you know, any questions they want to ask, go right ahead. Uh, don't be shy. Um, I want to give everybody the, uh, the web address. So it's www.brcohn.com. Go there. Take a look. Uh, read about Bruce, his dad. Read, you know, read about the wines. Check out the store buy stuff from there. This is great wine. And by the way, I mean, and when I say great wine, great value. I mean, the other thing is, you know, wines vary in price. And a lot of times to get the right quality, people always think they have to spend, you know, an arm and leg. And it's not the case here. Um, Your wines are very reasonably priced on the market and they're just delicious. They're really, really good. So you can find any type of wine in any varietal, pretty much almost any varietal, red or white, to satisfy your, you know, your wine needs. So check it out. Go on to www.brcone.com and, uh, you know, and don't be afraid to ask some questions, people. Um, uh, let me see. I want to go back to some of my questions that I have for you uh, because I'm fascinated by your company and uh, and the ability to ask you some of this stuff. Um, this is a question I, I, I often ask you know, just so you know, Dan, all of my shows are unique in the sense that they don't ask the same questions twice of my guests. But this is one that I do. So if you could share a glass of your wine with anyone alive or passed on in history, it doesn't matter who it is, who would it be and why? Hmm. That is a very, very good question. Thank you. Boy, that's such a uh, a, a large. How do you narrow that down? 
But you probably have thought before about it. You probably thought, you know, wow, man, you know, if I could have sat down with, you know, I'm not old enough to, to have sat down with, let's say, JFK, or I'm not old enough to have sat down with, you know, let's just say someone from uh, that was played at Woodstock, Jimi Hendrix, or, I'm, you know, whatever it is that mm-hmm. politically, musically, anything from any walk of life. I've had right. people tell me, geez, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, you know, it doesn't matter. It's, you know, or, or people that, that have been in their family that, you know, for whatever reason, they may be passed early on in life and they didn't really get that, that chance to do that. So, I mean, it could be anyone. Wow. Um, boy, we run the gamut there. Celebrity, non-celebrity. Uh, you know what? Yeah, anybody. I mean, I, it would probably have to be, I think you hit the nail on the head, you know, my grandfather, my grandmother on my father's side. You yeah. know, um, because, you know, my, my father, when he was building the place, was, you know, about the time that my my grandfather passed. My, my grandmother passed when I was very young. Um, but, you know, they had shoe stores in Chicago. Uh, and it was uh-huh. one of the largest shoe stores in the world, and it was four-cone shoes. And the last one in Skokie just closed, actually, in July after 103 years. And right. you know, I think that my my grandfather would have really appreciated everything that my father had built here. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So that would have been who you would like to uh, to share it with. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's great. It's great. You know, like I said, it. I've heard almost everything. You, you'd be amazed in the, in the five years that I've been doing this and 135 podcasts or more. I, I've gotten some. <laughs> It's run the spectrum, so uh, and I, I always remind myself never to be surprised at what people say because right. people have, have said things that uh, you know you wouldn't expect. But you know, it's just a, it's just a, a nice question. I just like to, to throw out there just to oh, see okay. where people Elvis what people think. There, but you know, I'm sorry. I said Elvis wouldn't be a bad one to have a glass of wine with. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Can you imagine the king? Um, the thing I was going to ask you was. Uh, you know, you've had a chance to 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 grow up in, a, in in the wine industry, and you know that's a unique thing to people in that part. Let's just say that part of the you know the country, the U.S. Now, again, it's now not as unique because of the fact that you know there are wineries and vineyards in every state in the union, and they're all making. So, how do you when you're looking at the landscape? And I don't mean the physical landscape of the vineyards, but I mean the wine industry landscape. Um, what do you guys do to try to stay, you know, com- competitive with, you know, now Virginia has great wines and Ohio comes out with great wines. And, you know, they're all fighting for market space and, and shelf space. Um, you know, what do you look to do to change it up a little bit and, and, and stay contemporary and, you know, relevant on, let's say, social media-wise? What, what is it that you guys, you know, you feel is the thing that, that, that does that for you? You know, I think it probably goes back to a little bit to about, uh, you know, what you were talking about previously, which is, you know, there's so many. When we started in California, there were 100 wineries in California. Right. Now you mm-hmm. have, what, 30, 35,000 brands? And, yeah. you know, Easily. when you were talking about B.R. Cohn and the, the great value for the price and over-delivering mm-hmm. for the price point, 
you know, because mm-hmm. we're a small family winery, we are nimble enough to where everything we do, whether it's wine, whether it's olive oil, whether it's unique experiences and events that we have here, they are over-delivering for the price point. You know, it's got my father's name on it. You know, I don't want anybody right. coming up to him and going, hey, man, I had a real bad bottle of your wine the other night. It's just mm-hmm. not going to happen. And so when you, you know, you pull that cork, you know, it's going to look like a, a, a $40 bottle, and it's going to drink like a $60 bottle, and you pay 25 bucks for it. Or right. it's going to look like a $100 bottle, and it's going to drink like a $150 bottle, and you paid 60 bucks for it. You know, and so right. everything that we do, I, I, you know, quality, not quantity. We don't try to be the biggest. We don't want to be. We just try to be the best. And I think that quality transcends through any demographic. Okay, and so when you know you you come up here, and you have you know my mini Rock Hall of Fame room up here, and you just never know who you're going to run into at BR Cone, and you have the and you're just and you're constantly in the the wow factor of wow that's a great wine wow that's a great olive oil man I had the best time at an event there, and you know those and then when they have the experience. And the feel, and that's really, to me, Stu, what it's about is capturing the feel. And the one example that I give is, I, you know, I believe that people like, you know, life experiences. And if they're eating dinner out and they're in a restaurant in Atlanta and a server recommends B. R. Cohn because he's confident in that, that he knows he's going to look like a rock star at the table because he's turning somebody on to something. He knows they're going to order the second glass or the second bottle. And those people are like, wow, they take that recommendation, and they're like, you know what, we're going to go out there. And they come out to the wine country, and they have the same experience that they had when they were out to dinner that night. And then they have that same experience at any event that they have at BR Cone. And... You know, if you look at the top restaurants and the oldest restaurants, the consistency, the consistent quality for the money is is really what uh, keeps you relevant. So I think a lot of the, what are the virtual wines or, you know, the places where there's no sense of place, you know, there's a large movement, I believe, in people in our age category about where is this wine really coming from? Okay, and when you come to right. the town, we have the last single Sonoma Valley Estate Cabernet. Okay, so when you're drinking the wine, it's coming from where you're standing. And exactly, I think that's important. Yeah, I, I agree a million percent. I mean, you know, you have to look at the numbers and the law of averages when it comes down to, um, you know, many, you know, still many good Sonoma uh, wine companies and vineyards that source grapes uh, out. But but the same token, you know, when you say (laughs) there you are at Pierre Cone and you're standing there and you're enjoying a glass of wine. And as you mentioned that you bring it right down to the common denominator, where does this come from? Where was this made? And you're, you look, look around and you say, okay, here, that's a, that's a bold statement. Uh, And that does. Good. Absolutely no, and I and I you know, look. I have I have you know different wines from different areas, but I have 
27 growers that I have long-term relationships with, and we farm mm-hmm. and we identify. We get the same fruit from the same 15 acres every year. That's the only way we can consistently maintain the quality year after year, vintage after vintage. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the other thing I was going to ask you is, so, so you personally, um, and again, this is, you, you can, it doesn't matter who it is. Is there a spe- one special varietal that you particularly like? And um, is there a wine that you can say, you know, I was phenomenal. It doesn't, I mean, I'm not just saying from BR Cone because I know that you know, your wines are fantastic. But, I mean, you personally. Because when I was out in the wine country, one thing I noticed about everyone there, which is amazing, uh, because, you know, if you look at any other industry, most people are very competitive, and they look to, let's just say, talk down about or maybe bad mouth a competitor. It's completely opposite in Napa, Sonoma, and any wine is a cheerleader for everyone else. It's like if you go there and you say, okay, you never get a bad bottle of wine and you never have a bad meal ever in, in, in those areas. And you ask them, you say, hey, did you go to yet? Have you seen this? Have you tried this? So with that, in that vein, is there anyone that you, and it could be anywhere in the world, anyone's wine. Is there anyone that you like that you particularly say, you know, hey, I, I've tried their wines and I like, and, you know, this is the particular varietal I like that I've tried? Mm, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I am a Cabernet guy through and through. Um, right. You know, I like, you know, our library selection here that we have, mm-hmm. you know, which is I had about five wine writers and, and two master psalms up here, and they ran through a catalog of library wines, and they were all blown away because they hadn't seen a single Sonoma Valley Estate Cabernet producer that had that extensive of a library selection that could compete with, you know, or rival a lot of Napa sellers, and we do. You're right there, Stu. All of us, you know, we collaborate. It's a small industry, you know, winemakers, this, where's this coming from? You know, is it, you know, Rutherford Bench, Diamond Creek, Sonoma Valley, Alexander Valley. What do you got? Boom. Oh, that's great. Techniques. And, you know, Cabernet, I mean, if I said, you know, my 89 Cabernet, which was a vintage that, you know, was, was a panned vintage that we held back right. and re-released it three years later and was amazing. Um, you know, I, I'm a big fan. Of, I have so many friends in the industry. I like... Uh, my buddy Mikey Honig, you know, what Mike Honig makes. Absolutely. This is a mm-hmm. great Napa Cabernet for, mm-hmm. you know, 35 bucks, 40 bucks. Right. Retail. Great. Yes. My buddy up, Fritz Stallmuller, Stallmuller Vineyards up in Alexander Valley. Same thing. Sure. Great Alexander Valley Cabernet for 35, 40 bucks. And, you know, when I, and when I look at the market and I look at those individuals, and that's why I, I developed and released my our, the newest release in Silver Label Cab in 1992, which was our new Gold Label Cab. I have a question. Is this correct? So I want to make sure. Was there a time where your dad was producing grapes prior to um, making his own wine for Chuck Wagner and Camus, and they were using it for special selection and all? Is this, is this accurate? The, well, I was in the cellar, actually, recently, and there was a bottle of 1978 Camus Olive Hill Pinot Noir 
1978 Camus Olive Hill Cabernet. And, you know, Chuck's father, Charlie Wagner, was my father's mentor. That's really what right. showed him what rootstocks to plant, showed him how to prune. 78 made our first wine for us and told my father, you're missing the boat. You have the best Cabernet I tasted to come out of Sonoma. You need to put your name on a label. And he didn't mean his name, but he meant Olive Hill as a vineyard designate. Right. So Camus used to make an Olive Hill cab. Ravenswood made an Olive Hill cab. Gunlock Bunch, you made an Olive Hill cab. Uh, Kenwood made an Olive Hill cab. And that's what really got my father in the wine business. It was 82 that President Reagan took Gunlock Bunchu, Olive Hill Cabernet to China, and gave it away as the state gift. My father was like, why? You know, so he called the White House and he asked him. He says, why did you take Gunlock Bunchu, Olive Hill Cab to China? They said, we called UC Davis, and they said this was the best example of a California Cabernet available. He said, that's it. I'm making my own label. <laughs> I love those stories. Actually, that's what it is about. It's, it's amazing. There's so many phenomenal stories about wine and winemakers and vintners and vineyards. Um, and you know what? I, I, you know, we have actually have run out of time. So I want to first and foremost, Dan, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I've had a blast. Uh, I, I, I definitely believe that my um, listeners have enjoyed it uh, because it was so much to learn and to hear about. Uh, again, go to www.brcone.com. Check it out. Take a look. Go into your restaurants, your local restaurants. Uh, if they don't have it there, if it's in stores, uh, if it's not in stores, ask for it. I mean, and just get a chance to try a bottle. Uh, I think the proof is in the glass with BR Cone. So with that, I want to thank you for everything. I appreciate you coming on. I'd like to have you on again at some time so we can talk about more, more wine and more history. And, uh, and Dan, thanks so much. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. I'll, uh, you're live from Pompano Beach. I'll be in Florida from the uh, 10th to the 20th down there, and I'll be uh, right down the road from you doing a bunch of bottle signings at the Whole Foods Market down there. So I'm oh, well, wonderful. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. It's great to hear, and, and uh, you know, make sure everybody gets out there to, to see Dan and, uh, and, and, and get one of their bottles signed. So thank you again, and uh, we'll talk you. soon. Appreciate thank it. Thank you so much. All right, have a good one. That was Dan Cohn of BR Cohn. Well, I, that's the show for tonight. I want to thank Dan, of course, of BR Cohn for coming on and being my guest. Um, Great feedback, absolutely great feedback from uh, social media, um, my wine articles, and, uh, and and the radio show. I want to keep everybody keep reading. Simply the best magazine on newsstands and fine bookstores for more of my wine articles and reviews. I will have my new article coming out the November December issue. The one the September October is on stands now. Uh, the next one will be the holiday issue for holiday wine. So look for that. Uh, I've also done some interviews for TV on Rye TV in Italy, the Midlife Road Trip Show, and Key West Kitchen. Links are posted on my website. Um, I'm working on a few new TV and extremely interesting music-related wine projects. Uh, that, uh, As that information becomes available, I will keep you posted. I'm answering your requests for in-home wine tasting, um, special events to host as well as uh, business and corporate wine events 
here in South Florida. I'm setting up my schedule to host them as time permits. So keep your requests coming. You can email me at studentwineguru at me.com. Any requests you'd like for me to come and do a wine tasting for you or talk about wine. That's the show for tonight. I want to thank everyone who listened in, who emailed their questions. I want to especially thank my guest, Dan Cohn, for coming on tonight. If you have any questions about the show, you can email them to stewthewineguru at me.com. You can go to my website as well at www.stewthewineguru.com and click the link for all of my wine articles, videos, and to listen to archived wine talk shows. You can also go to the blogtalkradio.com forward slash stewthewineguru page and listen to archived wine talk shows as well as to find out when new ones are coming. And then lastly, you can go on iTunes. Subscribe to my, um, my shows, my podcasts. It's free, and you can listen to all of the ones that I've done from five years ago to present. As I always say, if it's time to afford wine, it's time for Stu the Wine Guru. Drink up, good night, and good wine.